Alcohol Beyond This Point podcast. This isn't two podcasters talking business. This is two business guys trying to podcast. One of the videos I made for uh, for school, like I used to make videos all the time. So one of the videos I made for uh, in uh, junior high had a scene where my friend like pulled out his dick and I censored it with like my face going like, oh, uh, they made me remove that part from the video before I could show it before the class. So you removed the censorship part? No, well, yeah, no, I had to move the, uh, there was uh yeah, they, they did that often where they like had to screen the videos before I could, cause they yeah. didn't, they didn't trust me to, That's fair. to put them in. And there was like multiple, it was like, uh, it was my first, um, experience with like a studio whips his dick out. <laughs> yeah. It was my first experience with like, uh, to be fair, I did follow him into the bathroom while I was pissing with the mm. camera. We were, we were doing some gorilla style filming. Um, it was my first experience with like, it's the same as like a studio where the director wants to have creative control, but then the studio's like, nope, take that out, take that out, take that out. Yeah. And it's like, uh, that's just what, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, Speaking of censorship. The thought police. <laughs> okay. Checked I, in, checked I in literally have no idea where you were going with that. The thought police checked in with us before this podcast and uh, apparently it's, uh, it's all bad. It's, it's bullshit and it's bad for you. Yeah, we haven't paid our eight dollars, so uh, we can't uh, we can't tell the truth. Yeah, thanks for picking up on the thread there. Yeah, it's pretty pretty fucking dark. Um, the it, under the uh, under the umbrella of like counter. What do you, what would you call that? Like what would bad it like? bad intelligence operations or like bad faith intelligence operations of uh, propaganda from other countries like under the umbrella of combating that it's it's about to get fucking dirty and dark like, I don't know what you're talking like about like Canada um, Canada is looking to now contract the NSA to basically put everybody on the list and start running all communications through the NSA like so you see that uh, and it's like now this it, a lot of this is coming out because of Twitter and, and other things right because the deep deep roots of the government and um, oversight that are already in social media and bills that are being passed that as the one piece that I read was the war on terror is over now it's like now it's the war on eyeballs basically where it's it's we're moving from the full the full might of the US government used to be like waging wars overseas and like doing actual boots on the ground intelligence against like the the soviets and whatever and then they just got distracted with like mk ultra for a while and then they got into counterterrorism, and then now their new uh the new boogeyman is uh literally everyone do you see that um snowden tweet where he's like there is no like everyone's on the list. Yeah, you can't yeah, get on exactly. or off the list. You can only move up or down the list. Yeah, there is everyone's on the list now. Yeah, and when like he's saying that, you're like, oh shit. <laughs> and his information is dated. Fair. He doesn't work. It's there in worse. A while, but... It's worse than he thinks, probably. Like the idea that Twitter is not full of CIA agents or you know DHS or what's the ATF AT&T yeah it's I don't I don't even know what Verizon it's it's some agency that you don't even fucking hear of it's like the Department of Energy being the most powerful agency in the world because they like control the nukes shit like that um 
By the way, this is uh, Elk Albi on this point, the podcast where we just go fucking ham and crazy and get on a list. Um, this we're is... trying to get to the get. We're trying to get to the top one percent of the list. Yeah, make sure you put Willows is my name and Tyler is his name on the top of the list, uh, and put a little wow. footnote in there that says it's episode ninety one. Um, and also thank thank them for listening while you're at it. Um, so what do you think about this uh, Elon Musk uh, Twitter acquisition thing? This is like new and new and exciting happening six weeks ago after this episode was recorded. <laughs> um, I think. Well, obviously we've talked about it before. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm pretty. Yeah, but this is the first episode we're recording where he's actually like now it's, it's happened. It's yeah. happened, and he's implementing changes. Yeah, uh, he's laying off fifty percent of the staff. He's completely I, eliminating. I, I don't think that's true. Uh, yeah, I saw they did an interview with him today. Um, oh, okay, so that's Bloomberg, news. like ten minutes ago. Okay, um, he's firing fifty percent of the people, and he's eliminate completely eliminating. T- Twitter is a really liberal work from home policy. Yeah, uh, he's getting rid of that entirely. You yeah. have to come to the office because uh, uh, Twitter has like a you can work from anywhere in the world program. Yeah. Where they'll like help you out and you can work in like whatever. Uh, he's getting rid of all that. He's like, you need to be in our office in California Monday morning mm. or you're fucking fired. Nice. Um, he's. Uh, yeah. And he's just firing half the people to save money um, because you see these fucking TikToks where it's like the day in a life of a of a Twitter employee. And then they're just like, they don't do a fucking ounce of work. They're just like, I go to the, our, our cereal bar in the basement and with the latte machines and a private gym. And it's just like, what do these people do? Yeah, I think there's, I think everyone could agree there's a ton of fat in the company because they haven't really ever had an incentive to not have that. Well, fucking Jack didn't care. Well, beyond that, I mean, like when you're a publicly traded company, it's like, it's not about... Like, I mean, profits has something to do with it, but when you're in tech, profits don't really matter that much. <laughs> no one gives a shit about pro- profits. It's just like growth. Stocks. They want to know how many people you're hiring, how big the teams are, what are you working on? Like, they don't really care about the margins that much. I mean, eventually they do, and they're kind of getting to that point. But Well, because now we're in a... Like, it doesn't matter in a bull market, but in a bear market, it absolutely yeah. does, because now it's like, oh! And now, look at this. Meta's down 70% year-to-date. Amazon's down 50%. Twitter is, like, what, like 6,000 employees? Something, yeah. It's a ridiculous it's amount. Huge. Yeah, it's huge. That's insane. That's yeah. such a big number. For to, to run to run a social media system like I don't think you can fit I, I don't imagine that you could efficiently run 6,000 people to run a single app no That's, and like I, I get like meta well, they're doing all kinds of things yeah meta has a lot of fingers and different things but, but Twitter, Twitter doesn't just, really Twitter's just the one thing yeah yeah it seems crazy but the yeah the work from home policies and I guess just like they're just the way they're going to structure all of their teams and everything like it's all going to change i mean one thing that people have probably rightly criticized is like well the oversight on um like really egregious terrible things that are on the site uh if they are massively cutting resources and cutting staff the actual moderation of that content might just like go down the toilet but who's to say he's cutting that part i don't how, know if he is also however like if if anyone spends a fair amount of time on twitter you know that's not really the there's isis yeah. accounts that you can just follow yeah but like Kanye gets I guess Kanye is a bad example because he's fucking going insane right now but there's like pretty moderate people that just say something like not really even that controversial that have gotten permaban from Twitter yeah but then like Boko Haram can have an account yeah and that's fine I mean they're living their truth Israel can have an account and no one cares yeah 
So I don't know. I, I, I think like anyone who spends a fair amount of time on Twitter already knows it's dog shit, the re- the regulation for everything. Yeah. So like, I don't think, I don't know. And then, what, so what everyone's getting mad about right now is this yesterday, I guess he decided that he wants to start charging people for verification. Yeah. So I want to talk about the business aspect of this decision specifically. What Have you heard about um, potentially just like charging people for like just for tweeting? Yeah, they they I think they're not going to do that. He he had said that may perhaps um if you're a corporation, you'd have to pay to use Twitter. Okay, maybe that's it. But that it. Yeah. but he said unverified regular people will remain free forever. Right. That was like his hard stance. Was like it would never be a paid service. Right. But if a company wants to essentially advertise, maybe they have to pay. So it's basically they're just running a freemium model. <laughs> right? That's okay. So here like first without going into it good or bad charging for verification. I in like one word and so, then we'll get into it. I don't fully understand it though. It's like is okay. it simply charging people that are already verified? Yes. Or is it making it so you can get verified if you take the subscription? No, no. There the the so it's verification be... process will still be strenuous. Like you still have to be famous, you still have to be relevant to get verified. But then once you get verified, that you have to put in your credit card and you'll get charged monthly. Yeah, then it's whatever. That's I I think it's good. I think it's fine. Because all the fucking people complaining about it are not verified. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, and you're never going to be famous enough to fucking get verified. So shut the fuck up. Um, or I've seen some people because there's a lot of uh, that they'll ver the 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 only people that I'm aware of that have like no followers that get get verified are if you can prove you're a journalist, right? And that you work for like a newspaper, uh, they'll verify you so that people believe your news, right? Like right. that you're you're like, hey, I'm tweeting this journalistic piece. You're the verification serves. So there's like Winnipeg Free Press employees that have like 800 followers that are verified that I've seen. Right. Cuz I'm like, how the fuck are these people getting verified? But apparently like journalism has its own category. Category where the bar is a lot lower. Yeah. Um because and that's to create uh credibility for them on on the platform so that you can't just make like a fake journalist account and then just spread misinformation i guess that's the intention right but aside from that like most of the people that get need to get verified like i follow people on twitter like youtubers that have like 150,000 subs that can't get verified they'll like send an application and get denied because they're not famous enough you need like articles this month like three articles in one month written about you and it needs to be like within a month like I like I couldn't send them old articles. Me, it needs to be like this month. Well, I th- I think that's what like uh, high key clout from Winnipeg here. That's one of the things they specialize in is getting people verified. Yeah, because I think what you can do is it, you can kind of game the system. Well, yeah, obviously they've got the formula figured out, but it costs you a bunch of money. Yeah, and it's like you pay for a bunch of people to write articles about you, and like it's you can kind of game the system, but it's still expensive. Yeah, well, and a lot of people. It's a fuck of a lot more than twenty bucks a month. And that's kind of what... No, and then uh, he went down to 8 from 20. I, I thought it was 8 on top of 12 because the base subscription is 12. No, I'm pretty sure he changed his mind. No, they, they already After... they already have the $12 subscription. No, they're getting rid of tw- Twitter Blue entirely. Oh. They're like wrapping it all into one, one service. So is Twitter Blue just doing terribly? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Twitter, yeah, it kind of sounded like a bullshit. Twitter Blue, I think, is the same as like YouTube Premium. Like no one fucking buys it. I actually want to know how many people use YouTube Premium. 
jail as Twitter or YouTube Premium. Of course, I, it does. I, I I can see why you would have it, but I'm just I don't use it enough or in that way. See, I use YouTube a lot. And I just use an ad blocker, so I don't get any any ads, which I kind of do feel bad because the creators that I watch don't get any money from me watching them. Uh, but then I, I also, if there's a creator that I really like, I try to buy merch from them and stuff and support their projects, Patreon, etc. Mm. But I just fuck these advertisers. Uh, wow. YouTube is 2.1 billion monthly active users. Sounds about right. As of this month. Sounds about right. That's a quarter of the world. That's fucked. Isn't that wild? Um, uh, one, one of the best Google acquisitions ever. Yeah. Google buys a lot of stupid fucking companies. That was one of their best fucking Hail Marys. YouTube Premium has about 23 million subscribers and is projected to hit 20... Six million by the end of the year. Well, I don't care what their projections say. They always say that to their stockholders. And well, it's, it's, never... it's 23. They're projecting a growth of like yeah, 15%. Whatever. So 23 out of 2.5 mil- billion? Yeah. 23 million? 23 million out of 2.5 billion. So that's like what? 1%? Well, think about like the users in like US and Canada because p- users in like developing countries of YouTube are not going to be paying, you know, their grocery bill worth. For yeah, yeah, that's a fair point. It's only going to be relevant to, uh, you know, rich countries. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know. It's just I, it never struck me as something that was necessary. Um, I guess like boomers used to spend fucking two hundred dollars a month on cable. Yeah, no, you spend two hundred dollars a month on t- ten streaming services. Yeah, they're. Do you see the they're raising the price of uh, Netflix? And if you don't want to raise the price, you have to get ads now. It's like you just invented cable. <laughs> good, yeah. good job, guys. <laughs> and apparently, that's going to be a big issue because a number of the uh, big, uh, big production contracts that, or like big show contracts that they have, and big movie contracts of some of the really popular stuff, uh, it's stipulated that they are not going to be available in an ad-based program. And that's the language they use, yeah, to avoid them going on TV. No, no, they just. Like in their deal with Netflix, yeah. they're like, if you have ads, we're not interested in that. So now it's like you're you're dividing the content into yeah. like you could the better content you have to pay more for. People aren't gonna like that. Yeah, I think Netflix is Netflix made so many bad steps. I think they were like for a long time they were the well I guess they were like the old like no one was even coming close to competing. Yeah, fucking HBO Max is the shittiest fucking. Uh, whatever, what else UI. is there? UI, like Peacock and shit is just terrible. Like the only other people that were coming close. Prime sucks. Yeah, Prime's not great. And, and like, I don't know how Prime's not great with how much fucking Amazon money they have. Like like their UI is terrible. Dude, I, the, the UI of Prime is terrible. The UI of Disney Plus is terrible. Yeah, Disney Plus is a little bit better. Like I'd say Disney Plus is the second, but behind Netflix, Netflix has it fucking figured out. Yeah. But you know what? Like on uh, Disney Plus, when it goes to the next episode of a show, it takes you out of full screen. Yeah. And that's that's on purpose. The fuck does that? We just leave it in full screen. Uh, when you hit space bar, it doesn't pause it. Nice. It's like, come on. <laughs> like, give me a fucking break. I got to yeah. say, Prime, Prime, when you're in the show, is good. It's yeah. the uh, this 
the browsing finding yeah yeah the browsing Dude, i have amazon prime just for the shipments yeah i have never once watched a movie on every so often i think about it i like i go to watch a movie on netflix and they took it off yeah so i'm like ah oh, fuck Oh, I wonder if they have it on Prime. I always forget. Uh, I've never once found a movie I'm looking for. I've, on Amazon yeah, Prime. I found like um, there's been a couple like Prime specific, like Prime produced shows. I guess there's a couple like uh, The Boys. A lot of my friends have been talking about that. They yeah, said that's I watched, really good. I just finished, or I just binged through uh, Terminalist. Okay, never is, heard of it. Yeah, it's just kind of like a Jack Reacher type of thing. Okay. Um, yeah, it was. It was good, like, and the autoplay was super fast. It was like it was it was sleek. And one of the things I really like about it, while you're watching the video, or the show, or whatever, if you hit pause, um, it'll show up kind of like a, a like kind of like a in in video menu that just shows up around the around the border, and it'll show you what um, the credits. Of oh any, yeah, it shows you music. like the IMDb pages, right? Of the it will, it, it'll show you the credit shit. of any music that's playing yeah. at that second. Yeah, and. Uh, the IMDb's or I guess yeah. like the profiles of any of the people that are in that scene. Yeah, I've seen I've seen screenshots of that. That's cool. So that's I, cool technology. Yeah, I like that idea. Netflix should definitely do that. They're sleeping on that part. Dude, Netflix did like ten years of innovating, and then just fucking stopped. Well, now they spend all their money on production now. All the resources go into production. They do more production than any other company in the in the world. Yeah, any other company, not streaming service company in the world they do they make more they put more money into movies than fucking universal movies does yeah um and then well and it paid off like i mean like you look at fucking like 2021 oscars it's like netflix 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 it's like yeah. oh okay yeah and they um because they green light everything which is fair like that was that was a big thing what made them successful is because they were it's like hbo same thing that made HBO successful is they were greenlighting stuff that was not getting touched by regular. The regular, yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, because you, you couldn't put something like The Sopranos on fucking yeah. regular TV back then, right? Like, yeah. Or like Game of Thrones. Like, people, I've never seen it, but people love it. But it's like, how many fucking tits and dicks are there in Game of Thrones? Like, a lot, right? So many. There's, and it's like, like, there's child murder and incest within the first 10 minutes of the yeah, show. Yeah, and you couldn't put that in in name a thing yeah cbs right sorry not child murder uh just near attempted murder so (laughs) but (laughs) but they've come up with like some of the best television shows ever made yeah because they don't have restrictions right and that was the same idea with netflix it was like well it's the internet you can fucking put whatever you want on yeah but i think they've just they've fallen so behind and they're gonna i think they're just beholden to like they're it, it's just that late stage capitalism thing where yeah. they've gotten so big and they're just now dude you gotta uh, they cash have these, out they have these massive shareholders that are just like we need to see growth and it's yeah. like everybody's already watching Netflix and like yeah. well we need to see growth and it's like well I guess we'll squeeze more money out of our existing clientele and then once you've kind of capped that out because people's wallets are hurting from inflation well we still gotta see growth because you know and it's quarter to quarter it's every three Every three fucking months, you got to see growth. Like, do you know how yeah. hard it is? Like, can you can you imagine you, Willows, if you had to run your business in such a way where every three months the numbers had to be better? Yeah, yeah. You'd, you'd fucking kill yourself. Yeah. Well, I might do that no matter what, but yeah, but I, imagine, I understand what you mean. Yeah. But imagine if every three months you had to, and if you didn't, you missed one time. You get ousted as CEO. And... Or your stock tanks. Yeah. Like I guess, like yeah, because I, I'd be curious to know who the 
large institutional holders of Netflix is. Like, surely they're like fucking BlackRock. Oh, no, probably not BlackRock, but. Well, <laughs> no, probably not BlackRock, but. They're I'd, too conservative for that, but. No, uh, BlackRock, what I've heard from like. Just uh, Google largest Netflix shareholder. Z- um, what I what I've heard from like a BlackRock person is they're like we don't they're like well what stocks are you picking they're like well we don't really pick stocks I mean we're just kind of we're going like big in Sweden we think Japan's a good buy right now just because yeah, yeah. they buy so yeah, yeah. much yeah, they trillions. like they basically pick countries like they're so macro like there's some guy at BlackRock that makes that decision but it's nowhere near the top no okay so. Oh, that is too big. Um, Capital Research and Management Company, T. Rowan Associates, Geode Capital, Bale and Glifford. And what kind of positions do they have? Oh, wait, BlackRock? Okay, BlackRock is number two. Wow, what kind of position does BlackRock have? 4.2. 4. 4.2% uh, 4. of the company? Yeah. Van- yeah, that's fucking insane. Vanguard is 7.3. Christ. Yeah. Um, SSGA funds at 3.8, Fidelity 3.4, yeah, yeah. Capital Research 3.3. Yeah, all these giant banks. Capital, Capital, Cap. Actually, Capital Research and Management Company is on here three times with a cumulative number that's higher than number one. At like 9% total with Capital Research. So technically, Capital Research, whoever is running those three companies, is at the top. Different. Uh, uh, it's probably different ETFs or something. Different, like. Yeah. 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 Sometimes so, they cum- structure them weird. Yeah, cumulatively nine of them. But them. yeah, so like big names, Vanguard, BlackRock, Fidelity, like big, big, giant yeah. investment banks um, own five, ten, seven percent of of Netflix. Yeah. So yeah, that's not BlackRock is just like up there with every single. It's yeah, it's funny because like I was like, oh, BlackRock's probably too conservative by a tech stock like that. That's so no. No, no, they're there. They're in there. <laughs> but, um, yeah, man, I, I think Netflix is going to go the way, it, like, it'll be Netflix and... Netflix would go the way of HBO. It'll be Netflix and Blockbuster tweeting at each other. I don't think it'll, I don't, I don't think it'll be to that extreme. Like I, like I said, I think, I think they would go the way of HBO. HBO is max as a streaming service though. Yeah, I know. Like, it's, people... it's still relevant, but it's not the big dog HBO's making that uh new game of thrones show right now they made new game of thrones and also the um wait or was it who's making the new lord of the Rings show that's amazon okay yeah because i i I know because um jeff bezos's kid who's like was like 15 he was like oh yeah i just bought the rights for lord of the rings uh and he was like what are you gonna do with it and he's like i think we're gonna make a show and he's like, if you fuck this up, I will disown you as my father and I will never talk to you again. <laughs> <laughs> Based. Yeah. Um, which is funny. But yeah, um, Sylvan watched The Rings of Power, which is, it's on my list. I just don't have a ton of time. I get an hour a week to relax and I've, I spend it watching Andor. <laughs> so I'm, uh, I'm big on the Disney trip. I just, cause I'm a big Star Wars fan. So I have Disney plus, uh, but I expense it to my corporation. Of course. So uh, we have a corporate Disney Plus account uh, and we tell CRA that's like, oh, so we can play movies in the bar, which like definitely isn't legal. You need a CRTC license to like stream movies in the pu- in public. Yeah. But that's how I justify it on my taxes. <laughs> and then meanwhile, the company just pays for my fucking Disney Plus. But I have Disney Plus and I have Netflix. And I find myself watching more on Disney Plus than I do on Netflix. Mm-hmm. But I also 
pirate most of my movies that I watch. Like, it's it's funny because I pay for these streaming services. I try to watch the film on there, and if they're not on there, I'm like, nah, fuck it. <laughs> then I'll steal it. Well, yeah, but like, I'm trying not, to give you money. You're not going through the lists of like what's coming out. You're looking for specific things. Most, yeah, most of the times that I watch movies on Netflix, it's like oh, I want to watch Scarface again, or I want to watch, you know, something. It's yeah. like... Which is not good. It's not meant for that. I guess not, but that's what I... It's not like this deep library of old movies. Correct, yeah. But it's... it's. I'm not exactly their their prime demographic. No. Like, I'm not watching... I wonder what the average... Surely people watch a lot of fucking Netflix. Yeah. Right? I wonder what the average, like, sit-down time is. Let's find out. It's got to be... out fr- there somewhere. It's got to be, it's got to be like two or three hours a day. Net average Netflix user screen time. Yeah. <laughs> average screen time in the U.S. versus the rest of the world. I don't even want to know. <laughs> Me neither. I spend a fuck. I probably spend ten hours a day on twenty twenty. Yeah. So that's two years out. That's like pandemic time yeah um average of 3.2 hours per day christ yeah each hour is three gigabytes that means we're around 288 gigabytes per month on netflix alone like i think a stat that i've heard is like i think fully a third of our national internet traffic comes from netflix i um like a lot of this like internet um uh internet as utility or like internet equality acts and stuff like that that were that were being debated was kind of centered around netflix because the idea was netflix could pay for that real estate and for the faster streaming and then if like hbo max wanted to come in and release a bunch of like high definition shows they they could get outbid for 4k streaming by netflix and they would have to like drop down a resolution because they couldn't afford that space right yeah which thankfully has not been allowed to happen it's kind of they've it's been so far preserved as a utility where it can't be uh basically put on the open market like a commodity thank fuck that's interesting as someone who's like pretty open market like free market i'm kind of thinking like there's no upside to it there's no yeah (laughs) yeah it's yeah you know what actually there's a lot of things that would fit into that and i want to rant about that after we take the shot sure so we're gonna quickly go into the segment that we call shot caller the part of the show where you the audience can pick the shot that we take uh this shot this week was picked by elon musk grat elongated mus muskox you know what's funny is i kind of i had someone ask us my favorite marsupial i had someone ask about this segment and they're Mm -hmm. like they weren't going to buy us a shot but they were like how do how would how do people pick the shot? I'm like I don't really even have a system. <laughs> like I guess you could DM us if you want to pick a shot for us, but uh, we'll we'll take anything as long as it's like not poisonous. We will. Yeah, we're not gonna drink poison. That would be. That would be. Ba- I have a uh, you know those little comics with the aliens. Yeah. That like they're trying to figure out the Earth. Um. There, I have one framed in my bar. That's like. Two aliens walk up to a bar and the other aliens behind the bar and, and they're like, could we uh, ingest some mild poison, please? <laughs> and then he's like, uh, "Would sure, would you like some uh, 
some weaker poison in a taller glass or a stronger poison in a smaller glass. And they're like, could we get one of each? And he's like, uh, yes, for it is happy hour or joyous hour or something. And he's like, how long, how, how, how long is a joyous hour? He's like for four more hours. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I I was like, oh, I think I've seen. Obviously, I've seen it before. Yeah, I've, I've been I've been to your bar, right? Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty. Fun. I just I I like that. Apparently, that guy was like anti-abortion or something, and he kind of got canceled, and that's why you don't see those comments anymore. Oh no, because like I haven't seen one. Yeah, in a fucked in a long time. But apparently, yeah, it's something something like that. Don't quote me on the abortion thing, but he was like, honestly, if you get canceled as a comic comic artist, like just rebrand yourself and launch with a pen name yeah, and just yeah. keep launching your dope shit. It'll, if it was great the first time, it'll be great. Cause again. those things were pretty funny. I went, yeah. actually let's take these, but uh, the guy fucking Dilbert. Yeah. He's getting canceled in quotations, but um, cause he, he got removed out of like 300 newspapers. Yeah. Cause he was, cause he's like a anti-vaxxer convoy type guy. Yeah. And, uh, and then he was I'm like saying Ech, because I think that's an overplayed fucking thing to cancel people over. But but, w- but then he was like tweeting how he's like, oh, the fucking libtards are trying to cancel me with cancel culture. And then he's like, they took me out of 300 magazines and every single person was like, you're in 300 newspapers still. Like no one has heard about you since 1995. <laughs> like, yeah. No, this was that was this wasn't funny when you wrote it. It's not funny now. How are you still doing? Every I didn't see one comment supporting him. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone was just like, "You're still a thing." Like, <laughs> how are you relevant? Yeah, three hundred sounds high. It was yeah, it was pretty funny. I anyway, three hundred uh, out of like what is it, like the Wolseley Times? Yeah, probably. Anyway, cheers. Wolseley's like a neighborhood paper. Thanks for not pouring that to the rim. I didn't Strong. want to take... I'm not going to take less than you, and I didn't want to take a full shot, so... This is not a good shooting, right? Or to be fair, that was an ounce. These are two-ounce shot glasses. Yeah. We no, took, that was an ounce shot. Yeah, when you fill these things to the rim with, like, a hard liquor, that's a gulp. Yeah. It's yeah. hard. It's like two swallows to get yeah, it Yeah, and then again. it, like... Fuck. I am still low-key salty about uh, your business partner... It's giving me oh, a shot that's so funny, yeah. of NGS. So he gave, my business partner gave Tyler a shot of 95% alcohol. Like, not not to like get me. He took three himself. Yeah. And then he was very drunk the entire night. Yeah. Like it, a two ounce or an ounce and a half shot. Was it, what are those skeleton ones? Are those one? Yeah. They're, they're, Definitely bigger than one. I yeah. think it was probably one and a half ounces of 95% alcohol. So that's like taking like four shots, basically. Yeah, my, my stomach was like cramped. Like I felt like my left side was like trying to curl in yeah. for like 20 minutes. Like yeah. it hurt. And, so, I, and I drink straight liquor without a problem. And yeah. that hurt. <laughs> yeah. Like not, not like my throat. Yeah. Not like gross. Yeah. Like my guts hurt. Yeah. Like my appendix was getting fucked. Yeah, so... He yeah he was like come take a shot with me and it was ninety five percent alcohol from my from the from the bar yeah I like as I as I tipped it back I smelled it yeah <laughs> and I was like it's too late at this it's point. also barely fit for human consumption yeah it's barely food grade we buy the lowest food grade because it's um the only reason we have it is it gets mixed into like very very little of it like we mix like a cup into a into a vat yeah just to get the alcohol percentage right yeah because with how and this is super common if you don't if you didn't know uh 
every year fruit has and grapes have different sugar content yeah wow so when you ferment them it comes to a different percentage but how is the barefoot wine you drink on the shelf always the same alcohol percentage yeah if it's over they water it down if it's under they fortify it right that's very very common in the industry because you can't take water out easily can't take water no no not legal not even legally you can fractal distill which like nobody that's it's sketchy as fuck yeah i was gonna say um, then you get into distilling which is an entirely different set of equipment and sketchy as fuck when you're not and it's it's gonna make that it's got strip taste out of right. the wine right you just you don't do it so um Add so that's why we have the ngs is to fortify wine if it's ever off um so i just have a tote of it 95 percent ngs is neutral grain spirit and uh Literally, our supplier one time was like, you know, you, like we have stuff that tastes better that's been filtered like more times. And we're like, nah, it's fine. <laughs> like, I'm not going to spend the money. It's not worth it. <laughs> and meanwhile, there's you guys in the back with the fucking running NGS through a Brita. <laughs> have you seen that trend of people running like cheap vodka through a yeah. Brita filter and it just tastes great? Yeah. It, or, well, it tastes like nothing. Oh, well, exactly. It tastes like nothing. I guess you, you strip the fusel oils out of it. Yeah. Um, Because that's... um. That, that's how vodkas are, are distilled. The, the better tasting vodkas are just, uh, number one, uh, filtered or not filtered, but, um, distilled more times. Yeah. Um, but more importantly, so when you're distilling, you do what's called cuts. So you, you break it into usually like seven or eight different cuts. So you like, you know, the cut a in this bucket, cut it B in this bucket, right? You like start switching them out. And the first cut, you just dump entirely. Yeah. Because uh, that's all methanol. Because um, that uh, methanol, I guess, comes off first when you... Yeah. When you it evaporates s- first. Evaporates first. And then you usually get the the end one you usually dump out as well. Um, and this would be like batch brewing, not continuous distillation systems like big breweries have, or big distillation. No, no. Have. This is how you do it. This is how distilling works. It's no, like but big. like if 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 you had like a system like uh, fucking Crown Royal has, yeah, that's just continuously distilling tens of thousands of gallons at a time. Yeah, pulling the top off or the middle or whatever is not going to make a difference because it's like no, they still have to do stuff like it's that. It's continuously well, and maybe like the the first little bit of like you know maybe the first hundred liters, well, of actually fifty thousand. No, when you do it, when you do it bigger, you have to do it actually more. Um, because it's what you're distilling off is like these, like the fusel oil is what makes alcohol taste like alcohol. Like mm-hmm. it makes, that's what makes it taste bad. So you have to get that stuff off. And then there's, there's also toxins when you're distilling, like the, the, the methanol and whatnot. That's why there's the, um, the, uh, what do you call it? The stereotype of like going blind from drinking moonshine. Yeah. That's because, uh, so fun fact, if you ever get methanol poisoning, uh, the, uh, the, the cure, uh, ethanol. Yeah, so guzzle some vodka. Uh, they bind together and then keeps it out of your blood and you won't kill you. Yeah. Now, so a lot of home distillers, there probably is methanol, trace methanol in uh, in the vodka. But if they're only doing 100 liters, there's only, you know, maybe a, a liter of methanol and it's all mixed in with the ethanol, so it's it's fine. Yeah. When you start getting that stereotype is these big bootleggers that have like, you know, 10,000 liter stills that are illegal. Yeah. Now... All of a sudden, instead of the first, like, you know, little bit being methanol, now it's the first, like, 20 bottles are pure methanol. Yeah. Because it's all relative. It's all percentage-based, right? So when you do these cuts, the the, the beginning's called the heads, the, the end's called the tails, and you dump those. But Why? if you want higher-quality um, spirits, uh, you ta- you dump more. 
Right. You t- but a lot of uh, smaller companies especially don't do that because you need every dollar you can. It's very, very expensive. You know, now you're distilling because you're already taking, you know, a thousand liters of, you know, barley and whatever, distilling it down to like 200 liters. Yeah. And then you distill that again to get from 40 to, you know, or for like 50% to like 80% distill it again to like 90%. You're, you know, you're, you're getting a, a hundred liters of vodka for a thousand liters of base. Right. Right. So uh, for a lot of people, it's very expensive to do. So you need to take, or what they do, what a lot of people will do is take more of the bat worst tasting stuff on the either end to pad your margin, to get more liters out of your yield. Right. So the worst tasting stuff would be sold at a lower price. Correct. But then it'll taste worse, but then you sell it for cheap vodka. Yeah. Right. So if you ever, so that's, that's the main reason. Like you always see on these fucking, you know, um, Ciroc labels, like distilled seven times. It's like, that doesn't really matter. What matters more is the cuts that you're doing. Right. Yeah, you can keep distilling it forever, the same batch. It's just going to do the same thing. Like, yeah. you've already distilled it. It's not, it doesn't do anything yeah, more. You, Main... can, you can boil boiled water, but if you capture all the steam, it's still the same Yeah, water. it's still exactly the same. So, yeah, it's, um, there's that's, a lot of buzzwords. chemistry. Yeah, there's a lot of buzzwords with yeah. advertising. It's like, been filtered this many times. It's like, okay, well, was it a good product to begin with? Because yeah. you can, you know, you can filter shitty tasting stuff. It's you still can filter shitty. sewage. Yeah. And it's eventually drinkable. Yeah, you go, perfect. Great. I I want my sewage vodka today. Well, actually, your vodka was probably made with filtered sewage. Probably, honestly. That's if they were ethical. And then what will happen <laughs> to small distilleries, as far as I know, is that they'll kind of go in this death spiral where they're making, they're not profiting enough. Yeah. So they try to get more yield so it'll make their product worse right. and then less people and then they can sell it for less less people will buy it and then you just keep doing that until you put yourself out of business that's rough yeah i yeah. guess you could do that with wine too presumably. oh yeah i i could water down my wine 30 percent. you could water it down you could not you could age it poorly or not enough yeah. and yeah i used to do that we used to push out wine that was aged for a month instead of a year yeah because i needed to sell it or i would go out of business and now that I've been aging wine for like, I, I age most of my wines between 12 and 24 months, typically, sometimes longer, usually around 18. Yeah. And uh, boy, does that make a difference. Yeah, absolutely. It makes a huge difference. Especially nine, the edge off. nine to 12 months, you really see a huge difference. Yeah. And then that again, like 12 to 16, you'll see a difference. Yeah. Uh, after that, I, it's marginal, but we'll taste it every month. And like all the harshness that you get in 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 homebrew wine, yeah. a lot of times just fucking let it age, buddy. Throw yeah. it in some bottles. Throw it in a basement for a year, like literally a year. Because wine can age in the bottle. Wine can age in the bottle. Yeah. the The reason why we use cork in bottles is because cork will is actually will let through some air. Yeah. And that's why we used it forever. Yeah. Um. I don't know if they actually understood that process back in the it day, just but. Worked. Uh, it just worked, and so they kept doing it. But um, yeah, the the it will age in the bottle. We do usually half half stainless steel, half bottle, uh, depending on um, if you need if we need the tank space. Basically, yeah. if the wine can sit around for longer, we'll do it longer in uh, in tanks. But um, and then you could throw it in oak barrels, and that's you know a whole different thing. But uh, whole different expensive thing. With alcohol, it's like just be you gotta have patience. Yeah. It's the exact opposite of the tech industry. You need to move <laughs> slowly and deliberately <laughs> and and then you'll make good product. Yeah, and instead of getting all the money up front, you get the money in two years. 
and which, you have to front all the money. <laughs> which sucks because I started this business for $50. But wine's been around for how much longer than tech? A uh, few few years. Yeah, I think a few years, yeah. When was the first... Well, I, I'd actually... When, when was the first tech? <laughs> can you, yeah, can you Google this? Do you think the first bottle of wine ever was made before Twitter? Because Twitter was like, what, 2010? I don't think I have to Google that. I think the first bottle of wine was at least 95. I think, think? I, I think I heard of a 95 at this restaurant I was at the other day. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> also, that's another... Jesus, fuck. If you ever, like... I pity the fool that gets facts from my podcast. If you're ever trying to buy wine that's um, that's been aged, like, 50 years or something, uh, the people that are flexing, like, super old wine are typically morons. Typically. Uh, only about 5% of wine produced is made to be aged more than three years. Yeah. Uh, most of that wine I saw a video of like some billionaire with like a you know like million dollar wine cabinet or whatever and the, the journalist was like we're gonna crack these and like w- the station will reimburse you if we're like wasting wine uh, every single one they cracked was vinegar fuck because of all these like because they're not made to be aged yeah um, most wines will go bad after five years so you're just bought buying tokens that hopefully no one ever opens yeah yeah the second you open it's it's like schrodinger's wine the second you (laughs) open it may or may not be vinegar maybe worth zero or maybe worth a thousand people i guess collect wine yeah Um, that's what i mean like it's tokens you're collecting tokens which is fine whatever you know um that's that's fine with me if you want to collect wine you got millions of dollars of wine you don't really care how drinkable it is yeah exactly so uh, it's fine with me if you want to do that but but for for the most part unless and i don't actually know the difference because i don't have to do it but um i guess you do the fermentation differently and the packaging differently if you're intending to age it for like 20 years yeah but typically like any big company that you're buying wine from any like probably any bottle under 50 dollars um five years it'll be done it'll be past its prime right bad, bad and, shelf life. and what's in the bottle is probably the what what's the process again where they like blend uh like three to four years together three yeah to four harvests um, or get blended it's called together. so you oh, get like a consistent fuck. taste year to year. i don't yeah i don't remember what it's called but a, a lot of these big companies will take no I, I, not even big companies i think this is like pretty standard for wineries it is standard you'll yeah. just uh, you'll leave 15 percent of the year's wine unbottled yeah. And then when you make next year's, you mix them, you know, 85% of next year's with 15% of last year's. And then you do it again. And then you do it again. And then you do it again. So it's like four years of basically equal parts. Yeah. But then you just keep doing it, bottling, you know, 75% of it and just moving it to the next year. Yeah. And that keeps the taste consistent year over year. Yeah. See, what we like at Shrugging Doctor, I, I prefer the vintages. I like when you can taste the difference between the two years because I, I think it it's... Uh, and that's what you get from craft wine or either either you get it from like the small craft wineries or you get it from like the really high-end wineries. Not yeah. all the in-between, all the macro wineries, you're not going to get that. No, because they need their mass produced. They need your... Every they, time they you go the, there, it yeah. needs to taste the same. Yeah. Right? But I like it for myself and for my customers. I think that like it helps... Like, I think customers like, some of them will be like, oh, it didn't taste the same as last time. I like last year's better. But like, I think it makes them buy it every year yeah, because they want to taste the difference between like, it's, it's almost like it's a new product for them every single time they try it. Right. Yeah. Where it's like the same theme because it's the same grape or the same fruit, but it's kind of like a different, subtle, different taste. Yeah. I don't have that sensitive 
of taste buds, but palate. Uh, yeah, of a palate. That's the right. That's a sophisticated word. I consistently have to Google which is your food palate or wine palate, and which is like your wood palate. Oh yeah, that's. I can see how you get that confused. Yeah, I consistently have to Google how to spell which one. <laughs> like. Like oh, if spell. Oh, yeah, yeah. I thought you were talking about like general usage. No, no, no. Yeah, I think I think the wood palette I store stuff on is actually my tongue. <laughs> no, like, because I'll send emails where I'm like, oh, like, based on your palette. And then I'm like, shit. <laughs> like, I need this many palettes. Yeah, and then I need this many palettes. I'm like, fuck. And I always like, yeah, I send a customer like. Very unique challenges in your is this too, Is this going to, is it like, I'll get a question like, is this wine going to be too sweet? And I'm like, well, based on your palette. It's like, well, what would my wooden storage unit what what does that have to do with what I taste wine? <laughs> like, I, I have you gotten that response? No, I have never gotten that response. No, that's but, too bad. Uh, I don't think any. <laughs> no one. If confused. they thought it, they were too. They they were too ashamed to share. Yeah, yeah, They're yeah, like, what is he talking about? What? <laughs> he's like thinking at night. He's like, he's like looks at his backyard at a stack of pallets. He's like, I don't see how this is relevant. <laughs> <laughs> my uh, one of my employees calls me the other day, uh, while she was like loading up for a market, and. Uh, She's like, did you put an ad up on Kijiji saying uh, you're giving away pallets for free? And I go, no. And then she's like, see? Uh, she's like arguing with someone in my back lane. Nice. <laughs> they're like, uh, they're trying to take my pallets. Because I, I, we have a stack of pallets out behind the building. Yeah. So this guy's like taking them. And she's like, hey, what the fuck are you doing? And they're like, oh, there's an ad up on Facebook Marketplace that says like, come grab free pallets. Yeah, because she's Gen Z and has a death wish. Because if you do that in Winnipeg, you might get fucking stabbed. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I, I was happy that uh, she like her first instinct was to like violently protect my property. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which I appreciate. Just on principle. But then I'm like, dude, let her take, let them take the pallets, <laughs> like, because uh, the the pallets that we throw outside are like our backup ones. Yeah. Like, there's been times where I'm like, oh, okay, go get, go get an outside pallet, but like any good ones we keep inside. And the shitty ones we throw out in the side because we just, there's not enough room. Yeah. So like, and then I told Zach this, my business partner, and he was like, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. Like I told him this exact story. He's like, oh, I pulled up the other day and I was like, oh, thank God someone stole those pallets finally. Because <laughs> they were getting pretty tall. So it was, um. And you just put free pallet sign on it. It'll be gone in a day. Yeah. Well, when we uh, got our canning line. It was in a big ass crate, right? Yeah. Like a fucking probably what? Like 10 foot long seven yeah, feet it was like an eight by it was 16 it was taller four. than i was like yeah yeah because we because we went in it yeah right? yeah so it was uh it was a big crate um some guy rolled up like 10 minutes after i threw it outside and started like fucking drilling it apart and and taking it and then like i walked outside and he's like uh and i'm like He's like, oh, I'm, I'm only going to take this part. I'm like, no, no, please come back for the rest. Because, like, <laughs> like, I can't throw it in my dumpster. Like, what am I supposed to fucking do with this? Yeah. And, and he did. And he, like, he made three trips and t spent a total of, like, an hour and a half, like, drilling it, on a, like, taking it apart to take what, it away. What's expensive, man? Dude, it's, like, OSB, though. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, I'm like, this is not worth the effort. I don't know what. OSB is, like, 80 bucks a sheet. Okay. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. I had just spent two hundred thousand dollars on the thing inside of the crate. Yeah. So I was like, like ah, whatever. Yeah, it doesn't matter. You're not, yeah. What what's happening, Willows? Not trying to make eighty bucks on that OSB. Where would I sell it? Facebook? I don't know, on the street. What do you even use OSB for? You can't use it to like on a house or anything, right? Yeah, it's too weak. That's what OSBs are built. That, really? That's what houses are built out of is OSB. I thought what's the difference between plywood and OSB? OSB is uh it's stronger. Is in, it? In a lot of ways. Like, the way it's designed, it's like it's 
um, like plywood is green. Okay. OSB is strong in every direction. Okay. So it's it's like mechanically engineered for like sheeting houses. It's structurally oh. the strongest thing that you sheet a house with, aside from like, you know, steel and extra lumber. Okay. Well, it already had a bunch of fucking screw holes in it, and we like crowbar marks where we had pulled it apart. And yeah. Like, yeah. So yeah. damaged OSB ain't worth shit. Like tongue and groove sheet floor sheeting is yeah, it's like a hundred bucks a piece. Yeah. It's fucked. Still or like has it come down or is that uh, like? It's maybe like seventy. Because remember, it was like. $300 a sheet there for a while. It wasn't that high. Okay, no. but like still. It went from like 16 to like 100. Yeah. Yeah. But it stayed up pretty high. I don't know what it is today. I haven't looked, been in a Home Depot looking Yeah, what's the lately. spot price of OSB? <laughs> Honestly, very consequential. I have that on in my like the ticker. It's like gold spot price, silver, it's OSB. A gr- Honestly, if you were investing in real estate, that would be one of the best. Uh, Tickers like, to have? One of the best like bellwethers. Yeah. If you looked at it kind of like on, uh, obviously not the day-to-day, but... Look the, at the trends of how expensive yeah, the, the lumber is. the rate of change. Yeah. It would be very relevant. Um, so after we took our shot and everyone on my rant, we're talking about free market of internet. Yeah. And uh, so today after work, uh, what I worked like a full day at this house, and uh, it's one of those less common circumstances where like the couple is living there. It was like an addition on the house and whatever, I'm working on the addition. And they are retired at this point. Um, the husband's a city planner. The wife's a, uh, uh, like, CPA, I don't know, it's like nine letters behind her name. Worked for a big accounting firm. Uh, worked all over Canada, Toronto, Vancouver, whatever, major markets. And she was an auditor and had big clients. So, anyways, we're just, they invited me to, uh, like, have a beer after work in the day and like come sit by the fire with them because they're like last fire of the year because uh, it's supposed to snow tomorrow and it was 20 degrees today so it's gorgeous celsius you american fox sure um so i love you you american fox <laughs> yeah so i had like a little brown jug beer like six and a half percent on an empty stomach so i was getting a little buzzed and they were asking me all these you know questions like I know we're getting into like my life story and whatever, and it's you know how it is when people are like, oh, so what do you do before this? And You're I'm just like, crying. Like, oh, I was in real estate, and they're like, what? And I'm like, well, you know. And then it's I can't tell part of my life story without getting like without people asking a lot of questions because it's weird. Yeah, and you've had uh, some interesting career trajectories. Yeah, and it always surprises people, especially when like my current thing doesn't relate to anything else. Yeah, I know you're a bonehead contractor. Exactly. Yeah. So, but the reason it kind of blew their mind is because they were like talking about the drama within their family of like oh they're like we have uh this whole family owns a bunch of cabins in a small group and like well, the one lot has two cabins from for two separate families but like they're looking at handing it down to the next generation but like the next generation they can't like hand down two separate cabins because it's on one plot of land so you can't divide that in two and they're like well how are we going to do that and like we can't subdivide it because the lots aren't big enough for uh, the bylaws to allow that subdivision to happen and i'm like well you guys are all family and i'm like and you all own these lots and you probably want to keep it as a family thing and i'm like why don't you just throw them all into a trust add your next generation as beneficiaries have yourselves as the primary beneficiaries that eventually when you die it'll just like there won't be any uh, like there won't be any inheritance tax there won't land be any trans- land transfer yeah, fees. land transfer fees are fucking killer and i'm like and the benefit of it is all your grandkids and the next generation can all be equal beneficiaries on this trust who have to make a decision by quorum. And the, like his brother looks at me, he's like, 
you're the towel guy? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, what, does your family come from money or something? And I'm like, no, my family's no, broke as shit, opposite. dude. The <laughs> opposite, yeah. <laughs> and, that, and that's how the conversation started. That's funny. That's so, funny. like, I was giving them financial advice. That's a good line. To a CPA. Yeah, that's a good line. Wait, you're the tile guy? Yeah. <laughs> Why are you here? <laughs> like, yeah, no, and I'm, like, and I'm advising the CPA on how to set up their family finances, which is hilarious. And she was like, oh. Like, dude, was, accountants was, are dumb. It was so funny. But anyways... Um, we got to the point, like, by the end of our conversation, and I was I was telling stories about, like, you know, the horrible fucking companies I worked for, the sociopaths, and, like, talked about, you know, the whole, the, the scams I worked for and, and so on. And uh, just, it kind of got to that kind of in, inflective point of the conversation. It was, like, almost about to leave. And it's like, well, you know, my, my biggest life lesson over the last, you know, five years is that if you really want to get ahead and be successful and be the big dog, you you got to be willing to fuck over your friends, be cruel, and take everything that you can. That's what I'm trying to do with you. Right. And <laughs> this this woman, she's, like, offended. She's like, that's completely wrong. She's like, no, you cannot think that. She's like, I know you've had bad experiences. She's like, but you can't. She's like, that is not... That is not how I've seen experienced, you know, successful people. She's like, I've met people that run the biggest, like, she's like, I had a client that was, like, running the second largest company in Canada, and he was the nicest guy. She's like, I worked with the Richardsons, and they were super nice people. They were great always to work with, and she's like, I, I just don't think that's true. And I'm like, how do I explain to this woman that it's... Of course they're nice. They can afford to be. <laughs> like, they... All the shit that they did, or their family did, or their grandparents did, to put them in that position, they could afford to be nice their entire lives. They learned how to be nice their entire lives. That's all they've ever had to do and know is how to be nice and to be agreeable and be likable. That's, like, that's their life. Of course, of course you like them. Of course they're nice. But, like, look down the chain. What effects did their company have on the common man? And that's kind of what I said. I'm like, well, sure, they're nice people. I'm like, but like, what about the effects of their corporation? What did their effects had on the on the family farm, on the food security of third world countries? Like the impact of having food prices decided on the commodities market. She's like, well, that's not their fault. She's like, well, it, you know, it's it's more efficient to produce food at a high volume, like because of the economies of scale. And I'm like, it's all these like things like, Oh, it's not my fault. I'm just like, yeah. I'm just a good player in the system. It's every fucking capitalist being like, I'm just, I'm just playing the game, you know, better. And it's, you know, the game is what it is. It's not my fault. I'm like, but where does the buck? St it's nobody's fault. It's not the commodities trader. It's not the politician's fault. It's not the company's fault that's paying the politician. It's not the executives that work in the yeah, company. Yeah. It's who's, not the accountants that run the money. Whose fault is it? It's then? not the lawyers that defend them in court. Like it's nobody's fault ever. Yeah. Where does the buck stop? Yeah. Like, I think we're all culpable. That's what. That's but the I've, point. But like, I've made peace with that. <laughs> nobody is, and everyone is. I don't think you've made peace with it. I think you've just absolved yourself of responsibility. Yeah. Fuck it. Because you don't if feel anyone, like you have any control in it. If anyone deserves to des absolve themselves of responsibility, it's me. I've earned it. Yeah. But no, I was thinking about it. Like, when you brought up the idea of free markets, you believe in free markets. It's like, 
the dumbest thing that we should have ever that we ever put into the free market was probably like food. Well, I'm kind of on board with like if the government isn't providing the essentials, what are they doing? Right. And I'm on board with that. So, but then my conclusion is, well, then we should abolish the government because they don't do that. Right. But like, why doesn't the government give you food? Because then you wouldn't have any incentive to work. Yeah. Exa- yeah. Exactly. Which so, is, but which it's is, like which is bullshit. Then we shouldn't have any government, right? If you don't, if you don't have any incentive to work normally, there, there's a lot of intervention and there's a lot of government interference in well, grain prices. So here, in, we, in commodity prices. You just reminded me quick. You, you were, you talked about um, how she was saying like scaling food makes it more efficient. The economy is right? Yeah. So I was telling you this yesterday, but I had a call with um, Farm Credit Canada, who's a crown corporation that um, specializes in funding farmers. And they even have a young farmers program. Yeah. Uh, in quotations, uh, you have to apply in your 39th year or or younger yeah. to get the young farmers program, which yeah. I thought was funny because I'm in my 20s. But uh, so I was talking to them because my the, the vineyard that I own right now, I, I we just lease the land on top of like the vines it's leased right the land so i want to potentially buy that land and uh, so i'm like oh maybe you know they have these these programs for young farmers maybe this is like a way to go right and uh she was like yeah we can we can definitely help you out with that but all our programs even this is the incentivized program for like young entrepreneurs or young farmers is you need to put 25 percent down of the loan yeah. So, you know, this is like a, you know, I'm looking at a million, if I'm looking at a million dollar farmland, like, you know, hundreds of acres, you know, you got to put uh, $250,000 in cash. And that's worse than private hard money. That's yeah. No, uh, private hard money is like 10 or 15. Yeah. Right. So I was kind of like, oh, and then she's like, oh, is that realistic to, you know, have, and I'm like, no, there's no fucking way. So then. She was like, well, we can do like a vendor take. If you can get the landlord to agree to a vendor take back thing, we can like take your equity in the property as collateral or whatever. But like, you know, it's just, it's like giving us a loan with no down with extra steps. It's like, why don't, why not just fucking whatever? Anyway, but, uh, so I, I I asked her and this is a long-term employee of this organization. I basically was like, how is anyone supposed to get into farming? Like, how is like, cause like, think about it. If the, if the, if like a section is a million dollars of good farmland, then you got to buy an $800,000 combine. You got to build a building, right. To store everything. Like you're probably to, to get a farm planting, fuck name a thing, corn, potatoes. You probably got to spend $5 million. Yeah. Right. To like, get it going. And like you, you have a lot of farmers in your family, but they're, they're all inherited it obviously. But no, I have one farmer in my family and he bought it himself and it's tiny. Okay, I just figured because you were from the country that you would know about a lot of farmers. But um, all the farmers were the fucking richest people in town. That's what I'm saying. And so like, okay, and you knew they were farmers because they had a big fucking house yeah. and they bought their kids Mercedes Benzes for okay. graduation. So, but that like, was farmers in my hometown. But they okay. also there was like five farmers that owned everything that the yeah. eye could see. But that's so that's what I'm saying is that so I asked her I'm like how do people get into farming if you have to have all this cash, and she was like silent for a couple seconds and was like well people don't really get into farming, they either get it handed down by their you know, by their grandparents, like she's like over 50% of the farmers that we deal with are generational. Yeah. And the other 50% are people that are trying to sell out to Monsanto. Yeah. Or like a big company because 
you know, they had the, they, you know, they came over here in World War One, their family, when they were um, giving away farmland, literally. Yeah. Because America was kind of like, yeah, if you're not occupying this land, we're just going to kind of take it. Yeah. So they had to get farmers on the land in the prairies here in Canada. To push out the natives. So they, to get rid of the natives. So they would literally pay, give people a section of land to for free if they move from England to come here. Yeah, if you could physically move your body to that space and put a stick in the ground, you yeah. get it. And uh, so, you know, so a lot of these pots of land were never actually paid for. Obviously, a lot of money, probably millions and millions of dollars were invested over the years, you know, over 100 years. But, uh, you know, so they're invested. And then she was saying a lot of people, what they've been doing is, uh, you know, they get now the new generation, the millennials or Gen Z get handed down this land that has been handed down five generations. They're just re now it's worth so much fucking money because real estate prices are 300% what they were five years ago that a lot of these people are just refinancing and selling out or what one of each though, like either refinancing with the bank because, Oh, now this, this property that I got inherited is now worth tens of millions of dollars. Yeah. Take a mortgage against it and then go buy a house in the city or whatever, you know, whatever. Buy a bunch of equipment. Yeah. And then buy your neighbor's land. Well, no. And then, but she was saying what a lot of these people are doing is now that the, now it's worth so much, they just sell it out. Yeah. They sell it to Monsanto. Yeah. Highest bidder. Bill Gates. Or China. <laughs> or China. Yeah, no, but, but literally. So yeah. she was like, those are basically, she's like, there's some outliers, but basically that's who we deal with is, is 50% generational people and 50% people trying to refinance to sell their land. Yeah. And I was like, like, cause they're a government organization. Obviously this isn't this woman's fault. Obvious. Like, you yeah. know, but I'm like, is this not like something the government thinks about? Like in 30 years when one company owns the entire everything and you can't get anyone to be a farmer, they're going to be, I guarantee you the prime minister in 2055 is going to be like, how come nobody wants to farm anymore? But I yeah. just two days ago had a phone call where I tried to buy a farm. And they were like, yeah, give us $250,000 cash and you got it. Yeah. Like, so, I, and then she was basically, and like, she's been very helpful through this entire process. Um, It's all out of her control, but she basically led me to, she didn't say it, but she kind of led me to believe like, eh, well, I'll be retired and have a pension by then. Like, doesn't really matter to me. Like, you know, it is what it is. It's like every time I deal with our provincial insurance. But I'm like, dude, are they not thinking about this? No. Like they're being paid to not think about because, it. Well, and they also think about next election. They don't think about right now, right? Yeah. But it's like I tried. I just tried to get into farming, and they were like, "No, no," because and then she, you know, it's funny because she was like optimistic when we first started the phone call because she knew I had a business partner, right? So she was like, "Yeah, like we're we're actually a part of this young farmers thing. We're actually allowed to take, we're allowed to take part of your home equity in account." for your down payment. So like you and your business partner would only have to, you know, each of you, if you uh, mortgaged $125,000 of each of your homes, then that's your down payment right there. Perfect. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I don't, we, we don't have homes. And she was just like, uh, Oh, and then it was like much more dire after like there. Then the yeah. two, I did not smile the rest of the conversation. Yeah. It's like <laughs> people my age don't have homes. <laughs> yeah. Dude, every bank, that I have ever gone to for financing for my business. First question on the thing, how much is the value of your real estate? Yeah. Every single time. And like, I have literally 
wrote and written on those things. Like, LOL, I'm a millennial. I was born in 1996. I don't need real estate. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, that, that's got to change. Like, dude, Gen Z, like, maybe our generation is probably the last that's ever going to be able to buy a home. Well, things can change. <laughs> well, I mean, if there's a communist revolution, then no one will be buying no, homes. No, we talked but... about it before. Like, the home values can't collapse because if home values collapse, there goes, like, the retirement wealth build up of so an entire generation. My friend just refinanced their mortgage, yeah. right? Uh they went from $800 a month mortgage payment to $1700 a month of mortgage payment just because of the interest. Why would they remortgage right now? You have every 5 years you have to. Why wouldn't they've done it sooner? They should have done it. I don't it know. Did anyone think it was going to get this bad? They I don't know. Should have done it a year ago. <laughs> not, yeah. Well, well, okay. But the, the interest rates are not going to go down anytime soon. Not, not for another two way. years. So a lot of people are going to be forced to have to refinance yeah. at this rate. And it literally triples your fucking yeah. mortgage payment. Yeah, I can. And I was talking to my mortgage broker actually. Well, that's the, other... the intent is to bankrupt a percentage so, of the people. But, but fun, I, fun fact, bankruptcy rate is roughly equivalent to the interest rate. Yeah, because they want people unemployed and bankrupt, and then that brings inflation down. <laughs> well, they basically have to destroy the economy yeah. and consolidate wealth at the top yeah. and then make people desperate again so they go back to work. So that <laughs> Perfect. companies become more profitable and lower their costs, therefore yeah. simulating growth and therefore fixing everything. <laughs> so I told my more I was talking to my mortgage broker the other day. Um I, I was call, he's like he's a friend but he's also my mortgage broker but I was talking to him the other day and I was I was saying that story where my friend like his went from like $700 a month to $1700 basically mm-hmm. and he was like yeah so cuz banks use gross income mm-hmm. as your if you're qualified to get a mortgage or not yeah which he's as a mortgage broker he's like this is fucking stupid because gross income doesn't give the full Picture. story yeah definitely. not even close because you know you lose half of that to taxes but then like me for instance i make 10 grand a year gross income but i get my car paid for i get my gas paid for i get my phone paid for i get my internet paid for so like my burden of income is significantly lower your disposable income is the same as someone who makes four times as much as you do correct yeah and because i pay no on the books taxes because those are on non-taxable income and i pay myself on purpose dividends for my company that are less than the income tax, the lowest, the poverty rate. Yeah. So I actually net similar to people that make 45 grand a year paying myself like 12. Yeah. Because I give myself a bunch of benefits, whatever. Right. But, but a bank can't look at that. Yeah. They, and they want you to have three to four times your gross inc- your mortgage payment as your gross income. Yeah. $1,700 a month. My friend's paying now you have to have $8,000 a month in gross income. Hmm. to get a get a house and his house is smaller than this one yeah like to get a house that costs like three hundred thousand dollars good luck finding one that's that's just slightly below average in our city you have to make like 200 grand a year now yeah as far as that rubric goes that's fucked i repeat that sounds sustainable i repeat we are the last generation that's ever going to be able to buy a home that's why there's a 94 percent drop in uh purchasing in the last like well and it's they either and i guess they do kind of like change the rubric as times change obviously but yeah it's but house prices and interest rates are not going down anytime soon yeah house prices are never going back down no so never do they never do, right? They kind of, they they peak, come back down, but they're always up 50% from where they were before. 
Yeah. And see, this entire conversation kind of gets into the weeds as to why there's debates on both sides of it. When in reality, the, the thing is, like, why are we paying interest on the right to live? Do you know that and mortgages the were right invented? There's, like, a leaked memo uh, from, like, the uh, Bankers Council or, like, whatever their association yeah. is in, like, the 50s, post-World War II, when America's economy started doing good. There was a meeting they all had with all these executives, and somebody leaked the minutes. You can find it on Google. And they were like, how can we sell people more debt? Yeah. And somebody came up with, what if we made housing like a commodity? Because unaffordable. Pre- previous to that, number one, people would always live in generations. You yeah. have three generations of people in the house, right? Number two, um, the way that loans, you wouldn't really, ha- the, the way loans are structured right now for mortgages was like not standard. Like it, that's not how it used to work. Um, you, also, you also used to be able to buy homes in, you know, two years of savings. Yeah. Right. And this was a calculated um, move by bankers. It's like, well, we can get the app. Like, what does people need? They need homes. So if we can market them homes, they'll pay us every single month for 30 years. Yeah. And that's, and then they invented modern day mortgages. Yeah. If you look at the total total interest paid over the life of your mortgage you want to shoot someone you're paying two hundred thousand dollars on a three hundred thousand dollar mortgage yeah at the at these rates like yeah Yeah, it's incredible yeah you're basically doubling what you pay but like makes sense for a lot of people right because nobody's going to be able to save up to buy a home like you know so it's like and why can't they save up because they're spending seventeen hundred dollars a month to not die on on rent no on their mortgage yeah so that they don't have to rent yeah because if they rent, that means they're failures. Yeah. So it's interesting. Like, it's an interesting... Uh... It's not interesting. It's <clears throat> fucked. Yeah. Like, it's... <clears throat> like, back back to the analogy of, like, the commodities exchange and grain markets. It's like, okay, well, I understand the economies of scale having its benefits. How will you address the fact that monoculture crops have just destroyed the planet? Yeah, like, the nutrition in, like, an apple is, like, a third of what it used to be, like... Yeah, so, like, sure, let's talk about... As like you know, as an accountant, as an economist, like if you're looking from the just the just from the perspective of a business owner or a really high level financier, it's like, oh sure, there's a lot of good reasons. It's more efficient, blah blah like name a fucking buzzword as to why it's better that, you know, this gigantic multi billion dollar corporation owns this piece of land instead of a family farm. Name all the benefits, right? They could give you ten. In reality, it's a hellscape like that's that's the like the banality of evil right it's look at all the features and benefits well we're like 20 30 years away from the food we eat to not have enough nutritional value to let us live anymore yeah like we'll be full but dying of malnutrition so how do i tell this gen x or boomer that yeah the economies of scale are great but like it's going to kill everyone. Well, you're going to be able to afford all this food. that is, I guess that's, I was going to say you're going to be able to afford all this food that doesn't actually give you any nutritional value, but that's 90% of what people fucking no, no, eat right now. It's just, you'll be dead before it matters. Yeah. Great. And you know what? I get to die of it. Yeah. <laughs> you you yeah. fucked around. I'm going to find out. True. And that's really sad. And like, I don't know how to sit here and tell you that without 
being like, all right, let's crack a couple more beers, and I'm going to destroy every bit of respect and, you know, like, you know, affection that you felt towards me. In because fact, I am going to introduce to you everything bad. In fact, I'm going to start ripping out the tile I just <laughs> put in. Like, there's just a... There's just a stopping point. Sometimes I just got to put my foot in my fucking mouth yeah, yeah. and be like, I can't tell you what I think. Yeah, I can't I tell it. you. I can't tell you what I understand and what I perceive because it's like, yeah, you know what? Multi-billion dollar corporations consolidating farmland in Canada is actually really good for the economy. Yeah, for sure. Anyways, I'll yeah. see you later. Yeah, I, I do that a lot too, where I'll, I'll try to argue and then they'll like double down and be like, yeah, you're right. Never mind. Like and just you know, it's not worth my my brain power. We're yeah. in the fucking matrix. Thank fuck somebody interrupted the conversation. But like, anyway, it's about to get dark. We're gonna transfer here into the last part of the show that we call tip of the morning, where Tip Tyler and Tipper can 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 give you a a tip of tip of the week. Anyway, my tip of the week is talking. I was talking about. Uh, it just kind of hit me. When we were talking about uh, shitty vodka versus good wine. Yeah. And, like, just just the patience that goes into making a good product. Mm-hmm. I think that's something that, like, this tech... You know, the generation where um, companies are trading at 40 times... 40,000 times their uh, their net income on, I think like on the stock four, market. I think, like, 40 or 50 is kind of the peak, but 40... 40 their X. net... 40 50 x multiple of their gross yeah they're net though there's fucking uber has never made money that's irrelevant yeah well that's what i'm saying in a <laughs> world like that i think there's there's a lot of like like pressure to go fast yeah where i think like you can get a lot you can build a great business going slow and i think that's kind of underappreciated because you don't need to be you know what happens when you get biggest twitter some fucking guy on Ambien <laughs> buys your company in a fucking hostile takeover and fires half of you. Yeah. So do you want to get... There's like, no glory at the top. There's no glory. There's no... It gets worse the bigger you get. It's like lonely, right? I, just, to add, just to pile on, I. this is the problem with being someone that thinks a lot about things that I'm going to do versus someone that just does things and then reflects on them later after all the damage is done. Uh, Why'd you look at me like that when you said that? No reason. (laughs) Everything that is like, wow, this would be a great idea. And then you just, you go through the steps of like scaling it and getting it big. It's like, oh, this is how big it has to be to be profitable. It's like, oh, it's ruined at that point. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like everything... Everything gets ruined with scale. Yeah. Either it gets ruined or you ruin somebody in order to preserve yourself to get bigger. Yeah. Every business. There's there's a sweet spot. Like, I, I think most businesses... In, like, you mean in size? Yeah. Well, that's why, like, 90%, 99% of businesses are, like, less than 15 people. Yeah. I, I think, like, there most businesses in most industries could probably make, like, a million dollars a year gross sales paying themselves like a hundred G's a year. Yeah. Very sustainably. That's most businesses because most people are reasonable. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The <laughs> and then there's a the couple of assholes that ruin it for the rest of us. Yeah. I'm going to get fucking gulagged as a business owner when the, when the communist rebellion happens because of Elon Musk. 
No, because some other winery owner wants <laughs> already has a hundred million dollars worth of winery, and he wants a hundred point five. Yeah, and he's gonna kill you for it. Yeah, it's fine. That's but if I gotta go, I gotta maybe. go. Yeah, it's like think about think about being like those like subsistence farmers that get fucking marked by the U.S. Marines because some shareholders want a two percent tick up on their stock this year or do you see the uh, think about the insanity of that see, fucking statement you see the farmer that like went to jail because uh monsanto had a farm beside him and their seeds went over in the wind yeah over to the guy's farm and started growing and then they did a test on it and we're like these are our seeds these are patented you stole our intellectual property and they yeah. find him like a million dollars and he couldn't pay it so they fucking put him in jail <laughs> Like, yeah, perfect. Great. Yeah, there was a seed. That's good for everyone. That is good for everyone, if we're being honest. I think that's just good, honest lawyering. That is good, honest lawyering. Speaking of loitering, I was going to say on the patience front, um, just have a patience in your, have a degree of patience in your day-to-day life to not say what you're feeling. And just take it from our parents and be like, "This is a do, do what I say thing, not do what I do." As you're, yeah. we've ranted for an hour and seventeen minutes on a podcast. Well, then start a podcast. Fuck! Don't talk to your friends. Don't share your feelings. <laughs> Don't, that's just a man tip. Man tip of the week. Don't share your feelings. Don't share your feelings. Honestly, no, uh, no. If you're just bullshit, everyone. If you're someone that actually thinks about things and pays attention to things, like you want to talk about sports ball, talk about sports ball. Yeah. yeah. Um, Sports ball is pretty good. Honestly, that's one of the smartest things is when you're in like high circle, like high level circles of networking, whatever. You need to like brush up on your sports ball before you go to the event so you have something to talk about. That's, that's not like the reality of the thing that you're fucking participating in. That's why I watch Jets games. Is so That's I why just... rich people talk about like modern art and go to like <laughs> the orchestra because they don't want to talk about the sweatshops they're running. I don't think sweatshops are that bad. Like those people need jobs. I mean, sweating like how is sweating's it, pretty. How good. is it any different than a sauna? Those are that's good. what I'm those saying. Those are good for it's people. It's good for your health, right? Especially for children. Well, yeah. Like I think there's a lot of, <laughs> I, I think there's a lot that children. You know how you like throw a child in a uh, in a pool? Yeah. And they know how to swim. Yeah. I think that's the same Especially thing. Especially if like, you like hold them under a little bit. No, 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 no. I I think this is like this is serious. Like I think we should be working them in sweatshops um, for the health benefits. <laughs> <laughs> on that note what's your tip of the week just be don't be surprised when sharing your feelings is just not accepted by people because everyone like just the reality of having social media and access to information and these fucking crazy devices we call smartphones and laptops and tablets mean that you can kind of live within your own universe. You can have your own information ecosystem and like you can be living in the same house in the same apartment as somebody else but having an inc- incredibly like completely different lived experience. Yeah, me in jail. Yeah, and a different interpretation of the world around you, which is like not something that used to be possible because two people that live together would probably experience the same things, hear the same things, see the same things and have the same kind of similar ideas. That doesn't exist anymore. Which is why there's so much, you know, polarity and disagreement in the world because everyone's kind of in their own information ecosystems. And just 
be fucking careful about sharing what you've learned or what you've understood or what you found out or what you've seen or read in the world today because uh, there's probably a 0% chance that the person you're talking to is going to be able to relate to it. And it's a very hard way to have a conversation. So, I don't know. Uh, watch some sports ball. Thanks Yeah. for listening Just to... Cautionary tale. I'll call you on this point. Um, this has been episode 91. Wow. Uh, you can find us wherever... How many guards are on each level? No more than 12. That's not that many. Anyway, thanks for listening. Uh, if you're new here, please comment underneath the video or the audio. Uh, I can't do it. any. Spotify and YouTube are the only places that let me do a poll. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I, I want to know where you're listening from. That's uh, great information for us. We really appreciate it. And uh, if you can do that. And then also subscribe on any of the platforms you're on. If you can follow, rate five stars. Or subscribe on YouTube or, you know, rate on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Uh, it really helps us out. Like that helps your organic reach if you get more like people rating and commenting and stuff. So yeah. engagement. If, if you want to engage, I would really appreciate it. And then I'll get engaged to you. Um, goodbye. Promise. Promise. And then you can re- and then you can remortgage your house for our farmland. Alcohol beyond this point podcast. This isn't two podcasters talking business. This is two business guys trying to podcast.